The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Spend Wednesdays in the Word with Bible teacher and author Beth Moore. Next on Life Today. The God of all creation has spoken blessings over us. I want you to know His heart has always been good toward you, always been filled with extraordinary, unconditional love. But what I want you to hear today is He didn't just sit there in His condition feeling that love for you. He spoke it. Thank you. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to share this time with you. Now, let me remind you of something. Stream.org. Have you got that downstream? Like a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That is a glorious psalm, a glorious promise. Now, here's the deal. We're here, Life Today, to share life with you every day and encourage you to share the life and love of God everywhere you go as a faithful witness. But we do know that in an age of communication, communicating, transforming truth, understanding and wisdom and direction is critically important, and much of the media does not do that. We have at our fingertips now, through the World Wide Web, the ability to hear that which is wrong and a distraction or that which is magnetically attractive and truth, transforming truth. That's what we're releasing on stream.org, the stream a river of love and life. Go there every day. Encourage everyone you know to go there. And by the end of the year, we're going to be seeing hearts and minds totally transformed by truth. And we're going to be able to go in a new direction. We can get out of the mess we've made. And God wants to help us. And we're going to do it together. So stream.org. Beth is teaching. I'm holding here the title. I want you to listen to this. She's teaching, I'm blessed. Listen to what she says about blessed. Bountifully, loved, extravagantly, saved, supplied, empowered, and delivered. I'm blessed. Here's Beth Moore. Would you welcome Beth Moore? Here she is. I am bountifully loved, extravagantly saved, supplied, empowered, delivered. Anybody got the hang of that one? All right, let me say it again. You say it with me. I am bountifully loved, extravagantly saved, supplied, empowered, delivered. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't, listen, you just gave me chills. I don't know how you're doing. All right, I want you to say it again. Let's have some good attitude with it and start with the I am. I am bountifully loved, extravagantly saved, supplied, empowered, delivered. Anybody like the sound of that? Girlfriend, girlfriend you are not cursed. You are blessed. Okay, listen. Um, I love that it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 as it describes the blessing that in verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I mean, the rich, he overwhelms us with grace and gives us forgiveness of sin. Okay, I had the most interesting encounters at the airport in the trip that I took up here for this taping. And one right after another. In four of my first encounters, 
three of them, three of them had something to do with Christ. Three of them. I, I couldn't even believe it. One crying her eyes out for prayer. Another came over to me and told me that she was going through um, really getting free and some areas of substance abuse. And we talked together and um, really believed God together. Then I went and checked in. So I had um, a moment uh, with a woman that was right behind the counter. Uh, we just said good morning. But I stepped over and in that part of the terminal, you have to take over your suitcase and give it to the people there in security so that they can run it through the machine. So I took it over. And when I did, a man, tall man with reddish hair, I don't know why, like for you to just picture things with me. He is grinning from ear to ear. And so he has familiarity, perhaps through this program. And he said, Mrs. Moore, good morning. I said, well, good morning to you. He said, I have got to tell you what I learned this morning. I said, what did you learn this morning? <laughs> and he had been listening to a, um, a pastor preach a message uh, in his car on the way over to work that morning. And he said, do you know that when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm thinking, where in the world is this going? <laughs> he said, do you know he will not be exposing our sins to everyone? And I said, I do know that. I do know that. But I said, I am so glad you know that. He goes, I have thought all this time when it said that it would show us for what we are and that what we had done uh, would be revealed. I said, I thought all this time we were going to stand up there before God. And it was going to be just like a videotape of all of our, our, our mistakes and all of our sins. And I said, you, you know what I wanted to say to him is that does not sound like heaven to me. It sounds like the polar opposite place to me, but that's another story entirely. It wasn't time to tell me. I went, oh, no, 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 no. And he's talking out of the book of 1 Corinthians when it tells us about the judgment seat of Christ. And it will be according to the works that we've done. It won't be about salvation. It won't be about our sins. It will be according to what we've done in the name of Christ during our lifetime. And you know what was on that man that morning? He was so relieved. He was out of his mind. I mean, he could not keep from speaking it. He wanted everybody that knew, listen, my sins will not be shown. And yeah, it's just going to be about my works. It was good news to him. Is it good news to anybody else? Yes. Good news to anybody else. It's not about being shamed. Yeah. It's about being named over Jesus Christ because of what he has already done for us. I was thinking about that line out of the beautiful hymn, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives, it does not get better than that. Okay, I'm dying to show you something. Um, this is going to connect us by way of Baraka, the blessing that is getting, getting spoken by this Jewish believer, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to understand that it connects to the word for bless in the Old Testament as well. And I want to show you a list of blessings. There are a number of them, but there are some that are said over the tribes that are so rich. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 33. Anybody just glad they came to class today? Anybody just like thinking somehow, even if you couldn't verbalize it that way and never would, you just feel like things have just been cursed around you lately. No, you are blessed. You are blessed. 
we're going to take down a couple of points about blessing, and it starts right here. Deuteronomy 33, I want to read the first verse um, and then two words of the second verse, and then we're going to look at a later portion of it because there's a particular blessing I want you to really press into with me. Verse 1 of Deuteronomy 33, this is the blessing... That is the Baraka with which Moses, the man of God, blessed, that is a form of the word Barak, the people of Israel before his death. In verse 2, I'm wondering if your translation says it the same thing, um, the same way mine does. What are the first two words of verse 2 for many of you? He said. He said. Because somebody say that to me again. He said. Okay, what? Here's what I want you to see. There is a a blatant, glaring qualifier of the blessing, and it is this. A blessing is spoken. A blessing is spoken. Everybody say back to me, blessing is meant to be spoken. I want you to take down number one in a series of a couple of points we're going to put together out of this message I am blessed, and it's this. Number one, the God of all creation has spoken blessings over us. The God of all creation has spoken blessings over us. We saw that because of the word that is used in Greek. It means to speak good over. I want you to know his heart has always been good toward you, always been filled with extraordinary, unconditional love. But what I want you to hear today is he didn't just sit there in his condition feeling that love for you. He spoke it. He did not just say in his own heart, these are such blessed people. He said, no, I'm going to tell you, you are blessed. A very important part of blessing is actually speaking it. That's why when someone comes to us and says, I really need your blessing over this, to just say you've always had it does not work. You know what they want you to do? Look them straight in the face and say, ah, bless you. Because you may think, well, you know, I bless my children all the time. Have you spoken over them? Have you spoken over them? Fathers with sons, have you spoken blessings? Not to, well, he already knows. I show him in a thousand different ways. I'm really not one to use a lot of words. That is hogwash when it comes to the blessing. A blessing is spoken. It's, it's given words. And, and I want you to hear this. It's not just assumed. It's not just understood. It's not just perceived. It is put into words, spoken, said, left no doubt. I, I want you to hear this portion out of the definition of the Greek word um, uh, eulogeo um, that we saw in Ephesians 1 verse 3. This is out of the Complete Word Study Dictionary of the New Testament. Now I'm quoting word for word. When the subject is God, in other words, when he is doing the blessing, when the subject is God, his speaking is action, for God's speech is energy released. Oh, I nearly had a, I nearly had a fit, a, a spiritual fit. When the subject is God, his speaking is action. For God's speech is energy released. That's why when he said, let there be light, there was, because it it has to be. He speaks it and it is done. That means that moment that God spoke all of this blessing over your life, every bit of the power and energy released to make it tangible and so in the living out of your real live life was already put into action. Energy, he spoke it 
and he released the power to do it. Every bit of the power that you need to live in your blessing has already been spoken over your life. Now, I just want you to picture um, somebody saying to you next time you sneeze, bless you, and you look at them going, I am blessed. <laughs> you have no idea how blessed I am. I am blessed because blessings are spoken. We have it word for word, and we can count on it. Now I want you to go down with me to verse 13. Throughout this portion, and there's a portion very similar to it at the end of the book of Genesis, this is speaking blessing over the tribes of Israel. There's one in particular that so gets to me because I really do think that it has a lot of parallels with who we have been called to be and what's been entrusted to us as New Testament believers this side of the cross and this side of the resurrection and giving of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the blessing over Joseph and his line. Verse 13, and of Joseph he said, and this is Moses speaking, he's um, blessing um, with the blessing, blessed by the Lord be his land, it's Joseph's land, with the choicest gifts of heaven above and of the deep that crouches beneath, with the choicest fruits of the sun and the rich yield of the months, with the finest produce of the ancient mountains and the abundance of the everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwells in the bush. May these rest on the head of Joseph, on the pate of him, and that's uh, the crown of the head, on the pate of him who is prince among his brothers. I want you to see something in this portion because five different times in Hebrew, one word is being said over and over and over again. There is a Hebrew word. I'll give you the transliteration of it in case you like this kind of thing. It is the word meged, M-E-G-E-D, meged. It is used five different times in just these few verses. And in the ESV, it would be for choicest, gifts, choicest fruits, rich yield, finest produce, best gifts. Every single one of these words are the repetition of the same Hebrew word that is trying to get it through our heads. This is the best God is blessing us with. Choicest of blessings. I want you to know that you have been given the choicest of blessings. Number two, I want you to get it down so that you have this one in your spirit. Number two is this, based on what we just saw in Deuteronomy 33, God has graced us with the choicest gifts. God has graced us with the choicest gifts. And if you're just desperate for it, listen, write it in first person. God has blessed me, graced me with the choicest gifts. Notice that he's blessing his land, and we have such a parallel in that. Do you remember, if this is familiar to you, that in John chapter 15, we're told in verse 8, this is Christ talking, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. I promise you that it is the will of God that you are profoundly effective and live out the profoundly impacting 
presence of the gifts that he has placed in your life, that you show yourself to be his disciples by bearing much fruit. It says in verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love verse 16 that says in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Listen, I, I want somebody to get this with me today. D do you realize that you were choice to him? That every single one of us in Christ, and listen, that can be settled today. If you don't know him as Savior, he is one invitation away from you. Accept what he has done for you on the cross. Come to him and say, I cannot save myself. Jesus, you save me. I accept what you did for me. And in him, listen, do you realize you were choice to him? Maybe, maybe you bear a wound because you were not somebody's choice that you wanted so much to be chosen by. Maybe it didn't turn out that that love you had chose you. Maybe they walked away from you. Do you realize that in Christ, he was not having you forced upon him. He chose you. You were choices to him. And he has given you choicest gifts, precious gifts, the best of gifts. I love that in Deuteronomy 33, 13, it it's talking about the dew of the land. You can't hear it very well in the ESV, but you can hear it blatantly in the other major translations. It's talking about that the land has been blessed by the dew beneath their feet and by the heavens over their head. And I love that. I love that. I believe that we walk in that kind of blessing. That he's put it with the that it's nourished by the dew under our feet and it is nourished by the heavens over our head. We are chosen by him and we are blessed. So true, Beth. So true. Listen to this now. We are really blessed by God to bless. Betty, we are here on this planet to reveal him. To bless others. Mm -hmm. And you know, our viewers find that when we can see a need that needs to be met and we can meet it. Now you stop and think how many times people say, well, I wish the government would do this. But how about we just ask the question, how many of us do what the good Samaritan did? Great lesson there in the good Samaritan. He saw a need that the religious folks walked by. He got in the ditch. He put the ointment and the healing on the wounds took the man to the inn, paid for it, went back to work, and said, I'm coming back to check on him. Now, that's compassion. That's what our viewers do all over the world. It doesn't say the powers that be took his money from him and gave it to the man in trouble. Mm -mm. That's not how it appropriately works. We see a need and we meet it. Now, I want to show you a need that I believe with all my heart you're going to be excited and anxious to meet just like the Good Samaritan, out of compassion. Watch this closely. You are going to be moved. The news bombards us daily with a new crisis breaking out somewhere in the world. And in the midst of these devastating outbreaks, there is one crisis that is often forgotten. It is the never-ending food crisis. Every six seconds, a child dies from hunger somewhere in the world. That is 10 children every minute. Africa is no exception. 
children dying simply because they don't have enough food to eat. Our mission teams have seen the effects of severe malnutrition and the toll it takes on little children's bodies as this silent killer steals the very life from them, slowly and painfully. As our mission teams survey areas of need, what they find most often is a grieving mother left only with the memory of her child's death at the hands of starvation. Elizabeth's story is no different, yet no less heartbreaking. She's holding now her two-month-old, a newborn little boy, and we're just praying that God will bless them with a much more beautiful future. As our teams prepare to return with stories like these, they often only have a prayer of comfort to offer those who are hurting. But with your help, we can provide food to Elizabeth's child and the thousands of other mothers whose children so desperately need our help. Dear God, I pray that every person watching will be the answer to that need. Betty and I went to South Sudan it's been such a crisis situation. Very dangerous there, actually. It was dangerous when we went, Betty. We went with Franklin Graham years mm -hmm. ago. And, and Franklin wanted us to go not only to see the need and help meet it, but he wanted us to see the beauty of the Christians there that loved Jesus so much that they actually met us with joy in their heart, even though they were hungry and needy, even though they'd been pressed away from their homes by the warring factions there. And right now there's a, an incredible outbreak of just horrible death and killing and a tremendous need, just like you heard described. Franklin and I stood there, Betty, by two emaciated boys that we just really prayed God would resurrect them with love, and sure enough, he did. We have seen so many miracles occur, and here's, here's the reason it happens. We've got 400,000 right now located that we have organized into feeding areas for this tremendous crisis and an additional 25,000 in addition to that 400,000 in Sudan where it's really, really serious at the moment. And we're asking you to help us feed them for the next months. Now, here's, here's the reality. The, mir the miracle of the missionaries and the relief workers planting their lives in that pain. All they're asking us to do is give us the ability, they say, to feed them and care for them. And our viewers, now for years, saving millions and millions of lives and leading millions to Christ, the greatest move of salvation is on the continent of Africa. No question about it. And it's because of love demonstrated, not just proclaimed, but demonstrated. And that's what we've been doing. When I say we, that's all of us. We're able to feed three children. Think about this. This is amazing, but it's so true. And everybody can help. We can feed three children for the next several months for $30. Meet them every day. Whatever the crisis need is, we can meet it. With $50, we can feed five. Think about that. $50. $100, we can feed 10. And I always ask our viewers, start at the high end. Always start doing the greater. Could you help us save the lives of 10 children by giving them food and their families? Would you make a $100 gift and help us take care of 10? 50 will help five. 
33. Father, let everyone know no small gifts were given life. In Jesus' name, you give a wonderful gift of $1,000. You say, why do you say that, James? Because I know there are people who can, and I know you will joyfully, and we're able to care for 100. Please, right now, go to lifetoday.org. Would you do that? Get up and move there, and use your bank card, just like it's a check, or if you want to dial that number there on the screen, please dial it. Take your bank card and make the gift that God puts on your heart. Use that card like a check. We have some beautiful gifts to send you. I want to promise you something. You read this book by Philip Yancey and Dr. Paul Brand, and you're going to see how your body is fearfully and wonderfully made, but how the body of Christ should function. This is one of the most fabulous things I have ever put my hands on. I believe if we get the message in this book, the body of Christ will begin to get healthy when we see how God made this body. Please let us send this to you. One of our greatest friends and co-laborers, Dudley Hall, has taught heirs to the kingdom. CDs or flash drive, we'll send it to you. You make the gift that God put on your heart. We also have a wonderful story, the Word of God in story fashion that will bless you and the Thomas Kincaid painting. We want to bless you with gifts because you're giving the greatest gift. You see, we're here to bless you. The testimonies and stories bless you. The program and outreach blesses you. But you're blessing others, and we simply say, thank you, and we want to inspire you and encourage you. Please, right now, go online, lifetoday.org, or dial the number down the screen. Make the gift God put on your heart. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa, and those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. Our mission teams are in place, but your support is critically needed to replenish and distribute food supplies immediately. When you call or go online today and make a life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100, you will provide urgently needed food to three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. As our way of saying thank you, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I am believing with all my heart that you've done what God led you to do. I don't know that I've ever been more excited to put a book in your hand than this one, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see how God made this body and how the body of Christ is supposed to function in so many ways like this body. This is absolutely transforming. We're going to send it to you for your gift. One of our best friends and teachers, Dudley Hall, this little boy dressed up in his dad's clothes, heirs to the kingdom, what it's like to not be an orphan of God, but a son, a child, a daughter of God and know it and then the beautiful study Bible. The Word of God in story fashion that will bless you. Thank you so much for your help. Remember stream.org, go there every day. Forward, Facebook, tweet, 
certain articles that mean something to you, you want your friends to read, send them a stream. Let's change the minds in America by impacting the hearts with transforming truth. God bless you. Thanks for your help. champion Shawn Michaels tomorrow. All that other man stuff you did means absolutely nothing if you fail in this area. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.